Well, praise the Lord. It's such a beautiful day here in the state of Ohio. I'm Minister Jonathan Edward Reif with the Tough Truth Podcast. Today we're going to get into a message entitled Awaken the Dead. Our text is going to be John 5, 25. I'm doing this podcast a few days early. Got some things going on this weekend. and I may have to do that from time to time. I may have to vacillate back and forth between days. And I believe I'm going to permanently make the podcast time 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 8 p.m. Uh, Greenwich Means Time. But as far as the days are concerned, they may go back and forth a little bit uh, based on the demands on me. So I just love the fact that I have the ability to get on Facebook and do this and uh, to be on the podcast distributors on YouTube and Rumble and, and, and preach the Word of God, teach the Word of God, and uh, see lives changed. That's uh, the most important thing, uh, that is that we can speak God's Word and see God's Word produce a harvest. Such a powerful concept. Before we get started today with this message, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. And There's many concerns I'm having. And one particular concern I'm having right now is uh, there's currently a potential tornado outbreak going on in northeastern Texas and southeastern Oklahoma, northwestern Louisiana, uh, southwestern Arkansas, right there where all those states come together. And I just want to pray today that the damage will be minimal, that tornadoes will not form in highly uh, populated areas, that... uh, if they do develop, they're over open land. I do very minimal damage. Uh, I just want you to agree with me today, saints, for that. Wherever you may be, wherever you may be in the world, that you agree with me today in the name of Jesus Christ, that we won't see uh, large numbers of casualties. We won't see severe damage. Other things that we can pray about are, is revival and how this, the fires of revival are, are, are ablaze and how they're sparking in different parts of the world right now. And uh, getting reports of it, uh, seeing other various ministers reporting how God is moving in such a powerful way. So let's continue to pray for revival. Let's continue to pray for, pray for the state of Florida. The damage there is going to take, you know, five, six, seven years to even begin to get back to normal in those devastated areas. There's still very many people in need. There's still churches that are in extreme need. So we need to keep that in mind as well. And we have our elections coming up here in the United States, our midterm elections. Uh, That's very important as well. And I just encourage you to get out and vote. And vote, vote biblical values. I'm not going to promote any candidates. I'm just going to say, vote biblical values. And you can't go wrong by doing that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's just believe God will have his way today in this message entitled, Awaken the Dead. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I thank you for this wonderful, beautiful day you've given us, God. I thank you, God, for the opportunity once again to speak your word, teach your word, Lord. I just pray for an unction of your Holy Spirit, Lord, upon me and within me. May I speak as the oracles of God and not of my own understanding, Lord. I pray for an enlightenment, an opening of understanding, God, with those who hear. Whether they hear live, they hear uh, after it's been aired live and it's recorded, whether they hear it on YouTube or Rumble or a, a podcast, an audio podcast somewhere. Or it could even be months, it could be years down the road, God. I just pray for an anointing, an awakening in their mind and in their spirit. That this word may 
get deep down inside them, God, and change them. I just pray for anyone who's listening who may be unsaved. Lord, may this word minister to them. May they hear your love. May they hear your grace. May they hear your gospel, Lord, and come to your saving knowledge. I just pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. God is so good. God is so good. I want to go to John chapter 5, verse 25. John chapter 5, verse 25 for the text. The message is entitled, Awaken the Dead. Awaken the Dead. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. That's the truth of God's word. Though there's death everywhere, though there's natural death and there's spiritual death, there's life in Jesus Christ. And that's a blessed, blessed hope that we have. And we know when we receive Christ, our lives are forever changed. And we're going to get into that. I'm going to break this down into three segments. We're going to talk about death. We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about resurrection. And then I possibly may go into some examples of, of, of uh, people being resurrected from the dead throughout Scripture. We'll see how we do with time. I'd like to try to keep this podcast within an hour, if possible. We'll just go with the Lord and uh, let God be God and every man a liar. I just want to welcome those who are joining me live. Um, this is such an exciting time to be alive, to see God sparking the flames of revival in Jesus' name. So we see there in John 5, 25, that Jesus has come to have the dead come to life. That's what, you look at his life, you look at what happened on the cross, you look at how the resurrection, such a, such a perfect example of what Christ wants to do in each and every one of our lives. I want to welcome you, brother. Amen. Amen from Kenya. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Let's take a look at death first, the concept of death. Uh, it's a hard concept, but it's reality. We know that. You know, you don't really start realizing it, though. It don't seem like you really start realizing. I'd never really thought about death until I got into my, you know, 40s. I'm 52 now, and it becomes more real to you, uh, the concept of death, the older you get. And it becomes real to you when you start losing people that are close to you, whether it's family or it's friends. God bless you, brother, for joining. Amen. Such a beautiful day here in the state of Ohio, in the United States of America. Such a beautiful day. A little bit windy, but it's beautiful today. Let's talk about spiritual death first. Let's talk about spiritual death. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And let's take a look at verses 22 through 24. Genesis 3, 22 through 24. God is so good. Now we're talking about spiritual death. And this is where spiritual death entered into the world. Okay. Genesis chapter 3, 22 through 24. And the Lord God said, Behold, a man has become as one of us. Okay. Now notice that. Uh, if you don't believe in the Trinity, I don't know how you explain that scripture. The man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever in a fallen state. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So we can see there spiritual death. 
that Adam and Eve had fallen from their communion with the Lord in a garden because they disobeyed and they partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that's when spiritual death entered into them. And what preceded that was natural death. And we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Now this is, you know, you could call this elementary Christianity, but a lot of folks don't, don't understand some of these things. And it's always good to go back and refresh about uh, the fall of mankind and so on and so forth. Let's look at a New Testament reference to this. Let's take a look at Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans 5, 12. This is Paul speaking to the Romans. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for all for that all have sinned. Now I've heard people say, well, if I would have been in the garden, I wouldn't have done that. Yes, you would have. <laughs> Adam and Eve was a representation of all humans. You would have done the same exact thing. You would have done the same thing. The Bible says we all sinned in Adam. So we see a spiritual death came into the world through the fall of Adam and Eve. Now there's another part of this that we all know so, so well. A lot of people don't know they're spiritually dead, but they know about natural death because they see it with their five, you know, they see it with their eyes, they, they observe it with their senses. So they have a concept of that, but they don't want to acknowledge that they're spiritually dead. But the Bible clearly says that we are. And natural death comes as an effect of spiritual death. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 3. Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to look at 16 through 20, verses 16 through 20. And then we'll, back, we'll bounce back to Romans. Kind of go back and forth here a little bit. Genesis chapter 3, 16 through 20. Now we're talking about natural death, okay? Now this is the curse that came upon Adam and Eve because of them disobeying the Lord. It says, And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. So he's already saying, Okay, you got limited days of life. You didn't have that before, but now you do. Thorns also, in verse 18, and thistles shalt bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So there's, there's natural death. There's natural death coming into play because of disobedience to the spoken word of the Lord and direction and a result of spiritual death first. Natural death follows after spiritual death. And like, as I said, so many realize that they're going to die. They see natural death all around them. But they don't want to. They don't want to accept the fact that they're a spiritual being, and that natural death is a result of them being a spiritual being and being fallen and being separated from God. But it is clearly scriptural truth in the Bible, and if one would just open their eyes and open their mind and let, and let God speak into their heart, they realize that they are spiritually dead in need of, of a savior. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the life concept. We're not going to sit here and talk about death all day. 
and for an hour um, we're going to get into the life concept. Something else that's true. Let me go, let's go to Romans first. Let's go to Romans six twenty three. This this is just another New Testament scripture that uh, references the truth of natural death. When you're young, you just don't really think about it. But as you get older, uh, it becomes more real to you. I had a time frame from about 2018 to about 2021 where I think I know of at least 20 so people that passed away. Family members, friends, uh, co-workers, people that I went to church with that have been in my life at points in time. And that con the concept of death became very, very real to me. Very, very real. And it will. It will become very, very real to you uh, in your life when those things start happening. And the only only comfort you're going to get is, is to get in the Word of God and allow God and the Holy Spirit to comfort your heart. That's the only way you'll get any comfort in the concept of death. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is such a truth, such a gospel truth, and such a good thing. So we're not sitting here just talking about death today. <laughs> there's life, and there's life abundantly, according to Scripture, in Jesus' name. Let's take a look at another concept of this. And oh, I, I uh, hate to tell the New Agers, I mean, the New Agers, they don't like this verse. Those who believe in reincarnation, they don't like this verse. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So it's appointed everyone to die one time. You live one time and you die one time on this planet. There is no coming back. There is no uh, reincarnating. There is no coming back in multiple lives and, and eventually getting better and learning and then metamorphosizing into some kind of supernatural spiritual oneness with the universe and all this nonsense. That's not scriptural. That's demonics, what it is. It's demons. And then those who channel supposed, you know, spirits from wherever, from years ago, are, are channeling demon spirits, according to scripture, familiar spirits. So that's nonsense. The Bible says that it was appointed unto man to die one time. So we have one chance. We're going to be here with one life. We're not coming back. And we need to make our decision. Are we going to live for the Lord Jesus Christ? and be as effective as we can be in Him? Or are we going to waste away, waste away our life? Um, I've made a decision that I want to be as effective as I possibly can. I, I've wasted a lot of years. I've made mistakes. I haven't always uh, followed the Lord like I should. And I've made a decision. These last years of my life, ever how long they may be, I'm gonna make them count. Or something. I want to make an impression. I want to touch others. I'm going after eternal rewards of souls 
and people being affected. And you, my brother and sister, can do the same thing. God has called each and every one of us to be that way in some area of the marketplace of the world. I just want to welcome everyone that's joining me. Um, I know this is a Friday afternoon. A lot of folks are probably out spending their paychecks or whatever, but you've been able to tune in today, and it's just awesome that you're here. And I so appreciate it, and I pray that the Lord ministers to you in a great and mighty way throughout this uh, time we have together. So we only live once, and in, in we don't get multiple times of coming back and you know, getting things better. That's not a biblical concept. Let's look at Psalm 39.4. This, this will also kind of cement that ideology in your mind. Psalm 39.4. Now, the devil loves to lie to people and tell them that there's no original sin and there's no reason to have to live righteously and they can just do whatever they want and so on and so forth. But that's a lie of the devil. It's a lie of the devil. According to scripture, it's a lie of the devil. You only live one time, and you only got one shot to get it right. To accept Christ, for him to change your life, for you to turn around and do the things that God's asked you to do, whatever that may be. You only get one in. And we're not guaranteed one, you know, one our next breath, our next thought, according to the word of God. We only got one shot, and we gotta make it right. In Jesus' name. Psalm 39, 4. Psalm 39.4. We're talking about you only get one time. You only live one time. It says, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measures of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. How frail we are. You think about how frail we are as human beings. We take life for granted. We take being able to live and, and, and what we do uh, just for granted. Like we're going to live another day, you know? And things happen and things turn on a dime. You know, I mentioned when I started this, I prayed for, for Texas, and Oklahoma, and Arkansas, and Louisiana with a tornado, a possible tornado outbreak. It was just getting going here within the last, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes before I got on here. And I'm concerned. I'm like, okay, God, you know, I don't want these tornadoes to hit populated areas. This will change people's lives forever. We don't want that. That's how frail we are. We live on a cursed planet. Our bodies have an expiration date. Everything around us is dying. Everything is going to change. The Bible says that the earth is going to be burned up with a fervent heat. I know that doesn't make us all, you know, bubbly inside and feel good, <laughs> but it's scriptural truth. And it should be motivation for each and every one of us to, to do what the Lord has asked us to do because we have limited time according to the scripture help me to understand the measure of my days Lord help me not to waste away the time you've given me and I just believe today brother and sister that's a truth that you'll grasp hold of and God will show you how to be as effective as you can be with the years that you have remaining the days you have remaining maybe it's hours you have remaining none of us know I just believe that God can do that for you today in Jesus' name. Let's take a look at John 3.16. I mean, this is quoted uh, a lot, huh? Should be able to just say this one without uh, even looking up the scripture, John 3.16. 
John 3.16. Now we're talking about awakening the dead. And right now we're talking about death and the reality of death in Scripture. We're talking about spiritual death, natural death. The fact that the world has a curse of death on it. That we only live one time. Let's look at John 3.16 because this is good gospel news. This is good gospel news. In the midst of all that death, this is the reality of Christ. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. Isn't that good gospel news today? That even though there's death all around us, our bodies are dying daily. We have eternity to look forward to. We have a new body to look forward to, as Christ had when he came back from the dead. We have all that to look forward to. We have those who are, who are believers in Christ that were friends, family, we will get to see them again. So that's good gospel news. That's even though there's death all around us, there's changes. What's inevitable is change. Change is inevitable. Whether we want to deny it or not, it's the truth. It's 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 uh, truth of God's word. Seed time harvest, truth of God's word, cause and effect, truth of God's word. I just want to welcome everyone that's joining me this afternoon. I'm doing this two days early, <laughs> and I'm doing it at 4 o'clock, and I think I'm going to start doing these at 4 o'clock. I, I will probably go back and forth on what day, you know, it'll be somewhere in the Friday, Saturday, Sunday range, but as God blesses, we'll just adjust, and I will make sure I announce the time uh, well beforehand. So let's look, at, let's look at the concept of life now, okay, enough of the, enough of the death talk. Um, we... Uh, we uh, see enough death. Just want to say hi. We'll say hi to my sweetheart. I pray you're feeling better. Uh, you've been a little bit under the weather. And I just pray that God's there with you and touching you. Everyone else that's joining. So excited to have you here this afternoon. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And let's look at verse 7. Now we're talking about life. We've already looked at death, and now we're going to talk about life. Genesis 2, 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That is, that is the creation of mankind, and that is, is the reality of each and every one of us that are alive on this planet got our breath from God Almighty. And I don't I don't succumb to the ideology that there's, you know, multiple planets with multiple creatures and so on and so forth. According to scripture, God says that we are special and that we're made in his image. Um so I, you know, can't say that there isn't something else out there, but it definitely doesn't interact with us and it God says that we are special. His special creation made in His image. So I just have to trust that that's the truth. <laughs> that 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 is the truth. When when God breathed into the to man, formed him out of the dust of the ground, it was a special thing in the image of Himself. And it's the breath of life that each and every one of us has. We are not guaranteed, as I've said, the next breath. Uh, we have to rely on the Lord. 
But I'll tell you this, if you're, if you're saved and you're born again and, and, and you're submitting to God and you're doing what God's asked you to do, He's going to keep you alive. He's going to protect you. He did that with, with Jesus. He did that with, with the apostles. He's done that with saints throughout history. Yes, the apostles died ultimately for the cause of Christ, but he kept them alive to a certain point. He didn't allow them to be to taken out until their mission was accomplished. And that's a good that's a good gospel truth right there that we can all harbor in and, and take uh, take uh, uh, what's what's the word I want to use? Take hold of and and know and not have to sit and worry. You know, don't worry. Don't let don't let the concept of death and and the future and all that uh, take over your mind. I know what it is to, to do that. I know what it is to be in depression. I know what it is to have a breakdown. I know what it is to get totally hopeless and scared of the future. I know what it is to be suicidal. I understand all of that. I've been there. Never thought I would be there, but I've been there. So I understand. I understand those who have, are fighting those ide ideologies and those, those ideas. But just know that God's got you, and he's, he, he, he loves you, and He's keeping you alive for a reason, and He has a purpose for you. Just know that. That is the truth of the Word of God. So we've, we've, we've dealt with the concept of death. We've never just dealt with natural birth, life, being alive, being breathed in by God. Let's look at the born-again experience. Let's look at John chapter 3. John chapter 3. God is so good. God is so good. He'll take care of you. You know that old song, God will take care of you. I don't know if any of you have ever heard that old. I grew up singing the old hymns. And uh, yeah, it's truth. It's the truth of the word of God. He will take care of you if you rely on him. And he's merciful. He's merciful. Let's look at the born again experience, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said, said unto them, Verily I say unto you, unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, cannot perceive the kingdom of God, and cannot enter into the kingdom of God, is what that's saying. Verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be, be born when he is old? You know, how can he, can he enter back into the womb a second time? And be born again? You know, again? No, that's not what Jesus is saying here. He said, Jesus answered, Verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. Water is natural birth. Of the Spirit is the born-again experience. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, natural birth. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So we see the breath of life, the natural birth, and we see the born-again experience. And those are answers to natural death and spiritual death. Christ came into this world as a man, 100% man, 100% God. He was without sin, the Bible says. He didn't, he didn't have an affair with uh, Mary Magdalene. He wasn't doing none of that. That's nonsense. 
that you hear from these liberal theologians that want to take away the divinity of Christ is what they want to do. That's coming straight from the pits of hell. It's not in the Bible. There's no historical proof of any of that. You have to accept what Scripture says. and says he was without sin. He was a spotless Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, the Bible says. So we have that opportunity to be born again. You have that opportunity, my brother and sister. If you're, you're watching me live, you see me later, uh, you hear me later on a podcast distributor, you have that opportunity to not only just be alive naturally, but be alive spiritually in the name of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us has that opportunity. And I pray that you receive that opportunity and receive God's grace. And God forever changes you in the name of Jesus. Let's look at the kind of life God wants us to live. Let's look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. A little bit windy out there today. The leaves are blowing. I have more leaves in my yard than I've ever seen for a while. <laughs> Been cleaning up leaves last for the last several days now, and it's just oh my goodness, they're just everywhere. They keep on. I've, I've, I've blown the gutters out on how many times now. I got to do it again. So, those of you that don't have a lot of trees in your yard, just thank the Lord <laughs> that you don't have to deal with that. It's it's nice to have uh, the trees, but it also there's a negative, like everything in life, a positive and a negative, because we live in a fallen world. John chapter 10, verse 10. Now we're talking about the God kind of life. That word in the Greek is Zoe. That's what it means. It means the God kind of life. John chapter 10, verse 10. This is Jesus speaking. The thief cometh not but to, for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I am come, Jesus has come, that they might have Zoe life and they may have it more abundantly. That's the will of the Lord for us to, to receive his spirit, to be born again and to have an abundant life and for him to use us as a vessel to touch others and to speak life into others. That's God's, that's God's will for each and every one of us. You don't have to, to be uh, depressed. You don't have to, 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 to be in a dark place. If you, if you will get in the spirit of God, receive Christ, and accept his spirit and realize that he wants to have you an abundant life and use you greatly for his, his kingdom and for eternal purposes, all that darkness will go away in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And you can live that Zoe kind of life, that God kind of life that he desires for you to live. Let's look at something else. Concept of true living. True living. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. I pray you're learning something today or this is just reiterating things that you already know. Uh, it's good to uh, always reference back to the basics of the gospel. We get so caught up on wanting to preach and teach fancy things. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So we need to get these things right. and We, we, we want to talk about all this other stuff. But we need to get the basics right in the church. And... Uh, and just get the reality of prayer down, and the reality of reading the Word down, and the reality of meditating on the Word, meditating on the Lord down, and uh, let go of some of this other fancy stuff. 
get the basics down because that's what's going to bring revival and that's what is bringing revival in the places that it's breaking out God uses just individuals that 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 hearts are set on him uh, just just one or two people can spark a revival if they're committed to the Lord they can spark a revival just one decision one word one spoken word to a person who's who's in a bad spot just hugging them just touching them just reaching out to them can make all the difference in the world and remember that my brother and sister you have that power you have that power let's look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 this is Paul speaking to the church of Philippi he's getting down to his his end he's getting down to where he's uh, ultimately be martyred for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain that's true living for him to live is Christ and to die is gain what's what's he talking about he's, he's talking about twofold concept there he's saying he's gonna die at some point and when he dies, he knows where he's going, and he knows who he's going to be with. But he's also saying, for his 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 uh, sinfulness and his natural wants to die in Christ is gain. That's the true living. That's true living in, in in Christ, and that's what God desires for each and every one of us. You know, Paul talked about in the Book of Romans the battle between the spirit and the flesh, and. Uh, he just realized, whoa, you know, woe is me. I'm a sinful man, and I need the Lord to be able to get through each and every day, each and every hour. And God will get you there. <laughs> I've been there. I know what it is. I know what it is to eat carpet. I know what it is to lay in the floor for hours begging God to help me. I know what it is. I've been there. God's a good God, and he can restore everything that's been broken. He can fix everything and put you back in a position of life and use you greatly in Jesus' name. Let's look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. And let's look at chapter 15 and verse 22. 15, 22. I'm just, I'm just praying right now that nothing is uh, happening severely in, uh, with the tornadoes. Um, just believing that we're not going to see, you know. There's been some pretty severe tornado outbreaks in years past. There's two seasons. I'm kind of a weather geek, so you just have to ignore me. But there's there's the spring, and then there's the fall. And the reason is, is those are transitional seasons from you know, cold to warmth and from warmth to cold. And you get those fronts that slam up against each other. And in that part of the country, that's where they all come together. And you get those tornado outbreaks. So let's just believe that. We'll, we'll hear of no major casualty, we'll hear of no major damage, and those things will form over empty, dry, and there's a lot of planes and land out there. There's, there's no hardly any houses. Let's just believe God for that, in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. For as in an atom all die, and we already dealt with that earlier, even so in Christ shall be all made alive. Isn't that good news? Bible says that Christ was the second Adam. That's what it says. He was the Son of God, the Son of Man, 100% God, 100% man. And he reconciled 
man to 100% God. Not some of it, not part of it, all of it. He was without sin. And we have that privilege when we accept him into our lives, when we are born again, to live that true life that he desires for us to live. Let's look at a look at another concept about life. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. I've already talked a little bit about this. Ephesians 5, verse 16. Now we're talking about awakening the dead today. Dead things coming to life in Jesus' name. You know, I spoke several, well, it's been a couple weeks ago. I was, I was heading into church and uh, I seen a, a field and I seen the, the, the farmers out in the field. God just spoke to me and he said, you know, it looks like things are dying in your field, but there's power in that seed. There's a harvest in that seed. There's life in that death. You think about that. That crop is the crop is dying and withering away, but there's seed there and there's life there. That's gonna produce multiple, you know, crops and harvest and feed people and feed animals and so on and so forth. It's such an awesome truth of the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. You need to make every moment count. Every moment count. I just want to welcome those who are joining me. I've been seeing people come in and out and up and down and all around, and that's fine. <laughs> Wherever you may be from, uh, I just welcome you here. Ephesians 5.16 is when we're talking about life. It says, redeeming the times because the days are evil. Now, what that's talking about is that's making every... When it says redeeming the time... It's saying not only understand the sinful world you live in, and as we get closer to the coming of Jesus, you need to redeem the time. But it's also talking about you need to make every moment, because of that, of your life count for the work of the Lord. Not heaping up treasures unto yourself, not how big of a house you can get, how fancy of a car you can drive, how many people know your name, that's not, that's not what's important. What's important is making every moment count for the Lord. Eternal things, all that other stuff. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Everything that, that is not godly will be burned up. So all the accolades of the world, living in the spirit of the world, as I've talked about, I've talked about for several weeks, different messages, I've mentioned this. Those things mean nothing, ultimately. That's what they say. They've never seen a U-Haul following a hearse. Never seen anybody taking, <laughs> taking everything. You, you can take and have the biggest casket in the world built and put everything you own in it with your dead body. You're not taking it. It's staying right here in the ground. That's the truth. Only those things that you do for the Lord eternally are going to stand the test of time and make a difference. So we need to make every moment count in Jesus' name and live life unto the Lord. Let's look at Ephesians 4.29. This is another concept. Boy, it's not too far. We just go right over a chapter, you know. Don't have to go way back anywhere. Let's go over a chapter. Ephesians 4.29. You have the ability 
to give life and to speak life. I'm doing that right now. I could sit here and I could mumble and complain and talk about all the bad things that happened to me and, and how awful everything is and how bad the country is and how the world and this and that. Woe is me and woe is me and woe is me. And who wants to hear that? That just puts you in depression. You have the ability to give and speak life. Let's look at Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication. This is talking, this is speaking to Christians, this is just the truth. This is seed time harvest truth here. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, that it may minister grace, divine enablement, Okay? Unto the heirs. That's the truth of God's word. God desires that we live and speak life. Now, we're all guilty. I get, I, I, I've done it. I got to watch myself. You, you tend to, you know, it's the reality of living in this world. You tend to fall into that concept of, of just everything going on around you. And trust me, I know. I live in the United States of America, and some of you, you uh, brothers and sisters that are out of this country, that are, you see true persecution, you see true starvation, you see true need, and it's hard. I, I, I can't even imagine. It's hard for you to be able to, to give and speak life, but you can, according to Scripture, and you don't have to let that corrupt communication come out of your mouth. You can speak life unto the hearers. And speak positive things and see God do positive things. According to this scripture, we should not let no corrupt communication. Now, that's not just talking about cussing or cursing. That's also just talking about speaking positive things and speaking good things. And, and, and I mean, it's all throughout the New Testament. And it's a hard thing to measure up to. You know, it is. It's a very hard thing to measure up to. Our natural self wants to just get caught up in the spirit of the world and talk negative. Sometimes you just need to turn the cotton-picking news off and turn the voices off and, and, and get in the Spirit of God and get in the Word of God. And you'll begin to speak life and speak truth as Jesus did, as the apostles did. God's Word is truth. Jesus was truth. Jesus was the Word. That's the desire that God has for each and every one of us. Something else. Something else that we'll look at. This is a very familiar passage of scripture with many of you, I would imagine. You've heard this before. 3 John chapter 2, or verse 2, chapter 2. 3 John's only got one. Hello, Jonathan, wake up. Verse 2. <laughs> uh, I have to do something goofy on here. I've only got an hour, so I have to do something goofy. And I've got, what, 17 minutes or so left. i got to do something goofy. 3 John, verse 2. Beloved, now this is, yes, this is a brother saying to those he wrote the letter to, but he's speaking from the Spirit of God. He's speaking as a Christian. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. So that's the life that God desires for each and every one of us to have a long life, to live out our days, and to be provided for. Jesus told us, take no thought, take no thought 
of what you're going to eat, what you're going to do, where you're going to go. It says, uh, what is that? What book? Of, is it the book of Jude? I think it's the book of Jude or James. I think it's Jude. It said, you know, don't, don't say, you know, today I'm going to do this and whatever. Take each day, one at a time. That's what Jesus thought. And know that he will keep you alive and provide for you. And he will use you to speak life into others. And to live his, his Zoe life in front of others. And they'll desire. You know, if you're going around mumbling and complaining and you're depressed all the time and you're flat broke and you don't have nothing going on and you're just, you know, nobody wants that. It's not, it's not a good witness. It's not what God wants us to do and to be. Yes, you, there are times, as I said earlier, I know what it is. I know what it is to go through depression. I know what it is to, to uh, be without. I know what it is. But there's healing in the name of Jesus. There's empowerment in the name of Jesus. There's a changed life in the name of Jesus. I just want to welcome those who have joined me. Wherever you may be, whatever country you may be from, I, I speak revival unto you. I believe that God's going to use each and every one of you in a mighty, powerful way. If you'll just yield to his spirit, you'll be a firebrand for revival in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So we've looked at the concept of death. We've looked at the concept of life. We've looked at the concept of spiritual death, spiritual life, natural death, natural life, and how God desires for us to live. Let's look at resurrection. Let's look at resurrection. We're talking about awakening the dead today. Awakening the dead. The Bible says Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Let's look at, let's look at John chapter 11. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. John chapter 11, verse 25. This is such a good truth of God's word. Of God's word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Isn't that good gospel news today? That you can have a resurrection. Christ's life was an example of that. He lived, a, he lived a sinless life. He was put on an old rugged cross without sin because of our sin. The Bible says he became sin so that we could live in Jesus' name. Him who knew no, who knew no sin became sin for us. And you think about the, the cross. This is an interesting concept. The cross has a vertical beam and a horizontal beam. You know what that is? That vertical beam represents God in our union with God. The horizontal represents our relationship with others, other humans. Jesus died on that cross to redeem us unto God, but also to use us to minister to others. So never look at that cross differently from here on out. Realize that, that Jesus was stretched on that cross to redeem you to God and to also use you to help others to realize that truth in Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. He's the resurrection and the life. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, 19. Hebrews chapter 11, 19. Let's look at that one. Looks like we're down to our last uh, so many minutes here. Looks like I'm going to be able to finish it up. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19. We're talking about resurrection now. The Bible says that God is able to resurrect from the dead. Verse 19, Hebrews 11. Accounting that God was able to raise him up. He's talking about Isaac when Abraham was going to offer up Isaac. And this is a type of Christ. This is called Christology. It says, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. God is able to raise from the dead. The most important is spiritual. But he can also raise people up from the dead physically. And it's happened throughout history. It's happened throughout scripture. I'm going to give you some examples here to wrap the, the message up today. Um, there has been documented cases of people dying being raised from the dead not only in scripture but in, in, in the church historically I can think of one particular man Smith Wilkesworth that had historical uh, examples that were in newspapers of him literally grabbing people <laughs> out of a coffin or whatever and throwing them up against the wall and saying live in Jesus name live in Jesus name live in Jesus name now you know that's just something you're going to see every day of the week and I don't recommend that you run down to the local fuel home and start doing that. But there are times when God will raise people from the dead. To raise them up from, from near-death experiences or from severe illness. It happens. God's a God of miracles. And, and we just have to know that. That God is able to raise from the dead in Jesus' name. Let's look at something else concerning resurrection. And this is what I was talking about a little bit ago about the uh, dying uh, corn and the crops in the fields. The principle of the dying seed, John chapter 12. John chapter 12. We're talking about resurrection here. John chapter 12, verse 24. God is able. God is able to resurrect what's dead in your life. Know that, my brother and sister. Just know that it's truth. John chapter 12, verse 24. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. That's the principle of the dying seed. Now, of course, we understand that ultimately Jesus talked about himself. But it's such a wonderful concept. It's, it's a concept of seed time harvest, cause and effect. That seed will die in the ground, apparently die, but it's bringing forth an abundant harvest. It's replicating. That's what God wants for you today. He wants to use that power of that seed, the power of the dying seed in your life, that you may touch others. As he touches you, you reach out and you touch others. As I said, the cross, vertical, horizontal vertical and horizontal. That's the truth of God's word. 1 Corinthians 15, 36 reiterates this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 36.
says, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. Quicken means to come alive, be made alive. It's the same concept. It's the principle of the dying seed. And that's so true in our lives. If we'll just give away and let things die that God has pronounced dead and, and release them, we'll see new life come. Isn't that a glorious truth? Just let go, my brother and sister. Let go, let go, let go. Let go of the hurts, let go. Let go of the mistakes. God will bring new life to you. Then he'll blow your mind with what he does in your life. It's the truth, and it's the principle of the dying seed. God is so good. Let's look at something else. We, we have our natural bodies, and we know they're dying. And we know that we're made of the dust of the ground, as we already talked about earlier. But we have something to look forward to. We have a future resurrection. Let's look at 1 Corinthians again, right in the same chapter, 15. And let's look at verses 51 through 54. Future resurrection. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Remember, I said change is inevitable. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, as the last trump, that's not talking about Donald Trump, okay? So let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Change is inevitable. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. We have a future resurrection to look forward to. Now whether you, you know, whether you're here when that happens, still alive on the planet, or you've died, there's going to be a great getting up morning, according to scripture. We see example of that, and I'll go into this in just a second, of this happening, uh, kind of like a precursor to what will happen in the future. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians real quickly, just to reiterate this point again, and to uh, let Scripture interpret Scripture. 1 Corinthians 4, 13 through 18. Now, those of you that don't want to believe in the rapture, don't believe in the resurrection, then uh, you're... Um, you're like the Sadducees. That's basically what you're like, uh, the Bible. If you don't believe in the resurrection, Jesus, it's a resurrection in life. It's the truth of God's word. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not. Even as others have, which have no hope, those are those who aren't saved. Those are those who haven't received the spiritual uh, life of Christ. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, it's the truth of the resurrection, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will Jesus bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that that which we are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Isn't that a glorious thing? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then... 
we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We have a future resurrection to look forward to. Whether you're here or you're already with Christ in spirit, at some point we're all going to have that same body like Christ had when he came back and appeared. We're going to be able to, you know, it's just going to be remarkable and amazing. We have that awesome privilege and, and, and blessing to know that in Jesus' name. Though he was dead, yet shall he live. And everything that, that the devil has stolen from you, my brother and sister, God's going to return it back to you. In his power and his spirit and his time, if you yield to his spirit and obey his word, Get the sin out of your life. Submit to authority that God's put you under. Stay in his word. Meditate on his word. Worship him every day. Pray and yield your life to him. God will use you in a powerful, mighty way. It's the guarantee of the word of God. Let every God's word be true and every man will be a liar. That's the truth of the word of God. There's some examples before I uh, wrap this up. There's some examples of resurrections in the Bible. Of course, Jesus is the number one prime example. And thank God, he's the only one that resurrected that it truly meant something. It meant our salvation. It meant that we get to be resurrected and to be with him. In the Bible, we have the widow of Zerapath's son. 1 Kings 17, 17 through 24. That's an example of, of, of awakening the dead or resurrection. We have the Shunammite woman's son in 2 Kings chapter 4, 18 through 37. We have a man raised out of Elisha's grave in 2 Kings 13, verses 20 through 21. In Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 17, we have the widow of Nain's son resurrected. In Luke 8, 14, 40 through 56, we have Jairus' daughter resurrected. In John chapter 11, we have Lazarus of Bethany resurrected, and that's the one we're also familiar with. Then another glorious truth, and this, this, is a, this was like a precursor to the, to the future resurrection of the dead. When Jesus was resurrected, Bible says that there were various saints walking around, coming out of their graves, coming out of their tombs. That's in Matthew chapter 27, 50 through 53. In the book of Acts, Tabitha, Acts chapter 9, 36 through 43, was resurrected. In Acts chapter 20, 7 through 12, I believe you say this, Eutychus or Eutychus was resurrected. So we see examples in the Bible of people being resurrected from the dead, not only spiritually, but physically resurrected from the dead. And it wasn't only Jesus that did that. <laughs> the prophets of old that were anointed by the Holy Spirit, God used, and, and, and the apostles. And God's used, as I've mentioned, people throughout history, church history, that that's happened. And God does that for a reason. That's a supernatural miracle and a testimony to his power. And it doesn't happen every day but it is the truth of God's word. But I'll tell you what, someone getting, uh, receiving Christ and being born again 
in awakening that dead, uh, separated um, life unto him, that happens each and every day. And that can happen right now. And that can happen as God uses you, my brother and sister, in Jesus' name. I just want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. I know it's, it's an unusual time. It's a different day than I'm normally on here. But I just thank you that you've been able to join and, and you've heard the word of the truth of the word of God. And I just pray that God awakens everything that's dead in your life and brings it to life, to life and uses it for his good and for his kingdom. He loves you, my brother and sister. Let's just pray that God will seal this word and uh, use you in a mighty and powerful way for his kingdom. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for the truth of this word today. I thank you that you awakened the dead. That though we were dead, yet we are alive in you. God, I just pray that this word is sealed in each and every mind and heart that hears or sees this word, whenever and however and wherever they may see it. Seal this word, Lord, in their hearts and their minds. Use them, God, for your kingdom. May life come into dead places in their life. And may they forever be changed. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. My brother and sister, I thank you for joining me today. I pray that God has spoken to you. And he will use you in a mighty, powerful way in the days to come. I do not have a clue what I'm going to talk about next week yet. God will show me. And uh, I'll be right back here. More likely it'll be on a Sunday, and more likely it'll be at 4 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Greenwich Means Time on a Sunday. But if that changes, I will uh, announce it on my Facebook page. So I am just so thankful, so thankful for each and every one of you. And I just pray that God continues to love you and use you for his kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, God bless you, my brother and sister. I will see you next time.